0: Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast whether you're watching live on Facebook or you're watching the recorded version on Creative Motion Network or listening to us on your favorite audio podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited uh, to share this episode with you. Uh, we're going to have a, 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 a director who's uh, uh, making a lot of waves and really been a great steward of his resources. We're really excited to share uh, this story tonight. And we're uh, going to be talking about a, a great movie called A Father's Fight. Uh, which actually was up for five awards at the ICFF uh, last uh, week uh, or this past week. And uh, they actually walked away with an honorable mention for Best Film and also the Best Lead Actress. We're going to get into that and talk all about that film coming up in just a few moments. But first, let's get it uh, started with our uh, Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, Today's Devotion with Dave is coming from John uh, chapter 16, verse 33. And uh, that verse says, "I have told, and this is Jesus speaking. Uh, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world." Uh, John sixteen thirty three. And uh, for me, this uh, this this verse and the, these words from Jesus are so important. Uh, I know that there are a lot of Christians that uh, sometimes put their faith in in God protecting them from uh, hardships or God protecting them from trials or tribulations or or even persecution. But we need to take heart and know that no matter what happens, God already knew it. God is going to protect us. God loves us, and we need to take heart because Jesus already overcame the world. There's nothing the world can do to us that 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 can touch us be, because. Jesus has sealed us. He has protected us, and he's overcome it. He's shown us the path. Uh, so, And also, here's something that's kind of reassuring. I know sometimes when things get hard or things get challenging, you think, man, have I missed it? Have I lost God? Have, have I walked outside of his will? But uh, Jesus warns us here that here on earth, uh, we will have many trials and sorrows. Uh, just because you're a Christian does not mean that you're inoculated from uh, dealing with uh, sorrows, dealing with trials and tribulations. Uh, in fact, sometimes it creates a bigger bullseye on you that the enemy wants to tear you down. So take heart because Jesus has overcome the world and we too are overcomers in Christ. Uh, so that was our scripture of the day, John sixteen thirty three. Uh, I hope uh, that uh, spoke to you. I hope that, uh, that encouraged you that no matter what you go through, God's in control. God's got you. And there's nothing that hasn't been seen before because Jesus has already overcome the world. Uh, so, again, that was our Devotions with Dave segment. Now, as we get into our uh, our interview, I want to show you, uh, in case you haven't heard it, you haven't seen it, I want to share with you the trailer from uh, the, the movie, A Father's Fight. So, check it out, and we'll be right back uh, with our guest, uh, Tyler Sansom, in just a second. He's pushing Lawson back, landing blows, Lawson returns Shut up. How do you mind if you think this family can
1: pick you up every time you fall?
0: Every time I take one step forward, seems like a boy Dylan Wright came back. in this morning. He wants no to fight you. Never say, die. Gonna give it all this is your
1: opportunity. to Get back on your feet. This
0: is my time. Won't quit. I'll just be you
1: gotta know who it is you're fighting for. That's the fight, Bo. I can't believe I'm saying it that Bo Lawson can go 10 years without a competitive fight and here he is going toe to toe with the world champion. No one expected this out of him.
0: So Father's Fight, I've uh, I've had the opportunity to see it. It's a phenomenal movie. It's really well done. And you're going to be really impressed with how they got it made. Uh, it, it was uh, done with a, a, a minuscule budget. Uh, what uh, somebody might make in a day on set was their entire budget for this film. Uh, it's really well done. Uh, and it's gritty. And it's passionately told and i think the reality of it will speak to people so enough about me talking about the movie let's bring on the director uh, tyler sansom tyler uh welcome to the for Glory podcast how are you sir i am well how are you tonight i'm doing really well and uh really just excited to to spread the word about the film uh, i know that uh um that, that you guys have uh, had limited releases here and there and i know that uh, you, you you even showed it in my old stomping grounds Uh, in uh, West Virginia uh, is where I uh, came from before I came to Chicago so I know that uh, slowly but surely people are seeing this film and seeing the fruit of of your labor Um, so tell us uh, first uh, you're just coming back from the uh, International uh, Christian Film and uh, Music uh, Festival Uh, they they have awards each year Uh, you guys are up for five Uh, tell us about your experience and tell us a little bit about the success that you came away with
1: yeah. It, the, the ICFF was a, an awesome experience. We, I had never been before. Um, I've heard about it. It's the, the largest Christian film festival in the world. So there was lots and lots of people. Uh, one, it was just really good to see people again. Um, yeah, yeah. Last, last year their, their uh, awards were all virtual. Uh, so it was just cool to see uh, um, us as a culture kind of turn that corner and actually being around people. Um, but man, the connections that you can make at that festival are insane. It's like everywhere you turn are people that you've seen in television shows or, or movies or whatever. Um, and they're just like around to, to talk to. So I, I love that, that aspect of it. Uh, we were up for five awards, which was mm-hmm. just a, um, man, we, when we started making this movie two years ago, I thought there's no chance in the world that people are even going to see this beyond like our small town community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought it would just be an awesome thing uh, for the community and our church. I never imagined that um, we'd be uh, in the same Best Picture nomination category of actors like Joey Lawrence or John Voight. <laughs> like it's just mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Um, but Sarah Cleveland, who plays the lead actress in Father's Fight, she actually took home Best Actor Actress in a Feature Film, which is. Um, I mean, this is like the highest award outside of like an Oscar that you can get in the Christian film industry for her, mm. uh, which was just like, I'm so proud of her. It, it, it's been, been a long two years of making this movie. I'm so proud that she she got to make that, uh, that award happen. And then we w- were honorable mention for Best Picture, uh, which on our budget compared to the budgets of the other um, films on that list, it was just a huge honor to be recognized
0: for that imdb reports that uh, your uh, budget was about thirty thousand dollars for the entire film and i, I kind of kid but it's in all seriousness you know there are actors that uh, that make that a day on set they make that reading the script to turn <laughs> the tide. and you made an entire movie and you can't look at it and say wow this is really cheaply done it, it doesn't you know it's you, you maximize every last dollar that you put into it Uh, Yeah. we So a little bit about how we made this.
1: We're out of a church in Corridan, Indiana. We're about 25 minutes from Louisville, Kentucky. So that gives perspective to where we are. Um, We're not in a very affluent area. So uh, Corridan's very blue collar, great people. Um, We'll give you the shirt off their back. It's just not like a super rich area. And so for us, like $30,000 is a lot of money, um, especially to put into a movie. Mm -hmm. But like that doesn't even hit the ultra, ultra micro budget on Screen Actors Guild's yeah. pay scale. So <laughs> uh, to make a movie like that is is crazy, required a lot of sacrifice. So we made this as a church project. Um, all the actors, all the crew, um, nobody was paid. Um, it was completely voluntary for two years. Um, and I mean, you, you've seen it. It doesn't come across like a bunch of church actors like they, they really put a lot of work into this to make it the best that they could possibly make it. Um, and I, I think Sarah Cleveland winning best actress out of all of the submissions was a testament to that. Yeah, so,
0: absolutely. yeah, I, th-
1: I think it was a group of about 60 people um, from one church and then some actors from all over the United States that really bought into a vision of. Like, how can we help people find and follow di- uh, Jesus through like a digital or um, film medium? And they bought that vision and just went for it. So that allowed us to maximize $30,000 and make it look like a much more expensive film.
0: And uh, you are bringing up, the, the quality of the acting is there. Usually when you see a little budget, you'll, you'll see maybe one or two people that have some experience that are willing to invest. And then everyone else, you kind of uh, like say, oh, these are locals or these are people that that are trying to get their foot in the door of acting, but you, you don't see that at any point. You're like, these are people that are taking this project seriously. They take acting seriously. They take using this as ministry seriously, which is when you see that much investment on a personal level in each character and each actor, it makes your job easier and probably, well, I don't know, easier, but it definitely makes it worth it because you get that quality final product. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so we, one of the ways that we maximize the budget was um, we knew that uh, John French, who plays the, the lead um, uh, train, he's the trainer in the movie. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the lead actors. He was driving six hours to be on uh, on this project. Wow. So we knew that like we needed to maximize his time on set as much as possible, get as much done in each time that he drove um, as possible. And uh, in order to do that, we kind of treated it like a stage play. So we did 12 months of table reads where we like ironed every detail out mm. of the acting performances for a full year. Um, we had a year to do it because we needed to train these two actors to be boxers like neither one of them were boxers. So they're training at this local boxing gym for a year and we're doing table reads every month for a year. And uh, it really made the days on set go significantly smoother because there wasn't a lot of me having to give a bunch of notes on set because I had already given them for 12 months prior to. Yeah. Um, that, that still goes back to that commitment level that our actors um, put into this project.
0: Yeah, and to do table reads uh, for a year, that that seems like it really tests the investment because those times were like the, the one actor, uh, uh, John French, is that his name? Yeah. And he's driving six hours to do this. So there's gotta be some times where he's like, I'm not seeing the product yet. I, you know, are we actually going to shoot? And so just, it, it speaks to the investment level and the buy-in that everybody had to be able to do all that prep work to make the actual shooting go that well. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell
1: a brief story about John. Cause this is probably my favorite story to tell from the whole project. Um, mm-hmm. John, I I didn't know how he would, he was going to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. I was pay- we were paying for his gas money to come and that was his only payment like period. So, wow. um, so on these table reads, I, I thought eventually he would get tired of driving and just say like, man, I can't do this anymore. So after like the, maybe the third table read, um, we were all getting in our cars to leave. And, uh, John comes and taps on my window and I'm like, all right, here it is. Like he's going to mm-hmm. say, I love the project, but I can't do this anymore. And, um, at this point he's almost in tears and said uh hey i've I've been going to church since I was a kid, but I've never been baptized and I've never made that decision to follow Jesus and I've put it off for forty years and I would love mm. to do that now So like we baptized one like our lead actor um mm. after a table read, which is at that point everyone was all in like if they weren't like hundred percent in at that that moment when people were like God's going to do something huge with this movie. We got to really invest.
0: Where did the, uh, the story come from? How did the screenplay come about? Uh, was, that, was that you or, or how did that all come, come to pass?
1: Yeah. Um, so my wife and I, we um, volunteered with a uh, micro church location that, uh, that met in a youth shelter for kids that were in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. And we, we, were, we were volunteers there for a while. Um, and we, we ended up adopting a kid out of this, uh, foster care system. So my daughter, Leanne came from that connection from church and it, to a T every kid that was in this group home, uh, was there because their parents made bad decisions or chose a life of, um, addiction or other relationships or whatever they chose. They chose it over those kids. So they didn't Mm -hmm. fight for those kids. And now these kids were like innocent victims that nobody was fighting for. And so I brought this idea to Hannah Mowry, who uh, is the wife of uh, the worship pastor at um, the church I work for. Mm -hmm. Um, She has a a lot of background in writing uh, more like journalism style stuff, but she's a phenomenal writer. And I was like, Hey, have you ever thought about writing a screenplay? And we were going to write four um, short films to show in uh, jails and prisons and um, like rehab centers, things like that to kind of speak into this issue that we're seeing in the foster care system. And through that, it kind of just developed into a full length feature. Um, I've loved boxing since I was a kid. Um, loved the Rocky movies. I love mm-hmm. watching all the the actual fights on like HBO specials and all that good stuff. And so it was just a natural. Um, we're talking about fighting for your family. So it, it was a natural fit to, to put boxing in the, the mix.
0: Yeah. And uh, when I first saw it, I got to kind of see an advanced screening. Um, the, the the movie ended up changing names this spring. What brought the change about? Is that something that you're comfortable talking about or was that kind of an ugly situation?
1: No, not ugly. Um, so Green Apple um, is, is our uh, distribution company and a uh, testament to what they've been able to do for us so far. Um, like it'll be available for streaming and in stores physically later this year. but. Um, For a movie that was made on $30,000 to have a theatrical release, but not just in like your local town in like Mm -hmm. various states and cities um, is pretty much unheard of. So Green Apple has just crushed it with being able to negotiate these these releases. But they came to us literally one week um, before the uh, cast and crew premiere Mm -hmm. and said, hey, fight is going to be really hard for us to sell to certain retail stores, certain streaming services, because it's not descriptive enough and it doesn't tell people enough about what the movie is. Hmm. Um, we don't have a name actor attached to it that they can look to for an example. So we had to be as intentional as possible and they gave us several options. We came up with several options and the one that we landed on that both people um, agreed on was a father's fight.
0: And it, do, it does this job. It gives you a little bit more insight in what it's about Plus you're able to uh, more easily uh, work in the, the cross imagery into the title. I like that.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. They, the design stuff was all them. They, they knocked it out of the park. So. Awesome.
0: So uh, we talked about before we went on uh, the air, uh, you're also attached to another project that's uh, going to start later this fall uh, through the eyes of grace. A lot of uh, my friends uh, in the Christian casting groups are, are familiar with this film. Uh, you just came on uh, because, uh, the, the lead in a father's fight is attached to it, so uh, tell us what you can about uh, through the eyes of grace and uh, what uh, you know what it's about and uh, what we can look for when that comes up
1: yeah, through eyes of Grace is a story about a pastor whose daughter is kidnapped um, mm-hmm. and y- there's all these different characters that you see how this impacts their life and throughout the story you get to watch how they wrestle with offering grace towards the people that mm. have kidnapped the daughter. Um, so it's a fascinating introspective uh, script that really, like when you leave the, the theater or wherever you're watching, our goal would be to make you start questioning things like, man, if if, if this tragedy happened or if this happened in my life, how would I respond with, with grace? Yeah. and uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, brought, I was brought on as a producer um, and I'm going to be the DP as well. Um, which, which is exciting. Um, one of the things that I'm uh, bringing to the table as a producer is the connection to my church. And we're actually going to be writing a companion guide um, with, that will come out with the, the movie. And so some of these questions that people will be wrestling with, we can hopefully address them and point people towards scripture and offer a connection through prayer, things like that with this companion guide.
0: Awesome. So it's called Through the Eyes of Grace. Uh, you can find them on uh, Facebook uh, it's the title and uh, just in the early stages um, I know that uh, the main the adult cast is cast and then going to wait more towards the fall to really ca- nail down the the rest of the the younger the children uh, in the cast right correct yeah uh, actually just recently announced the the lead uh, young actress who's uh, going to play uh, Gracie uh, she was just announced this week
1: yep that's correct uh, there's a lot of people that I've I've seen on screen before that that's attached uh, Victoria Jackson from Saturday night live. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in it. Uh, so, so that's like, that's super exciting to be able to, to work with somebody like that. Um, and then various people that have played, uh, major roles in, in other films, Corey Kays is in it. He was just in, uh, don't say my name. And then obviously Travis, I'm really excited to work with him again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be coming out later this fall. And, uh, we've got the, um, uh, the information for um, A Father's Fight uh, on the screen now. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at A Father's Fight Movie or just uh, www.afather'sfight.info uh, if you want to connect on the web. Um, so uh, be sure to check it out. Also look for additional. Um, are, you, are you doing any more theatrical screenings or, or is that, are you more tra- uh, transitioning over to digital uh, release?
1: Yeah, we're 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 still holding out hope that maybe one or two more cities will pick us up. But um, man, we had we had a five week run in most of the theaters that we showed it in. Ended up in uh, showing it so far in I think four different states and various cities throughout those states. And I'm, I mean, I, praise God, I never thought that many people would see this movie.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we hope that uh, more people get a chance to see it in theaters because as things are opening up. People miss the theater, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good stuff out for families or for people to go out and see, and I'd love to see more people get a chance to uh, enjoy a father's fight. Um, so Tyler, uh, one of the biggest things about this show is we uh, hear about our guest testimony. want to hear about your journey of faith. Um, were you raised in a Christian home, or did you find faith later? How did you come to know Jesus?
1: Yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, um, both of my parents uh, had me in church from an early age, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not sure I took my faith like super, super seriously until um, probably when I was in college, uh, kind of made my faith my own. But uh, I've known who Jesus was, what he did for me for a really long time. Probably the uh, the the like turning point of my life. Uh, my, my whole life I was an athlete. I wanted to play football and that was all I thought about ate, slept, breathed football. So I played all through high school. Um, I ended up up getting 13 scholarship offers to play football out of high school to various colleges. Um, One of my goals when I was a kid was, uh, I had a best friend that also played and we really wanted to play in college together. So we both got scholarships to one school and we ended up going, committing together. We were roommates. And um, right at the beginning of my career, I got a very serious neck injury,
0: hmm.
1: um, which was devastating. Uh, mm-hmm. I, at the time, I didn't, uh, it was treated as a massive concussion. Um, later found out that I had actually fractured C4 and C5 in my neck, oh. uh, just on a, on a freak hit. Um, and so I, I, that was like what my identity was built on was sports and all of that. And that came kind of crashing down there. So I re- I continued to try to play. Like I transferred to Kentucky Christian University, which was a much, much smaller school, um, only to try to play football again. I wanted a fresh start. I thought if it's a smaller school, I can like ease back into it, see what's happening. And I broke my arm. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah. So that was my football career in a nutshell. But through going to Kentucky Christian, I met uh, a coach named Mike Furry who is now the wide receivers coach for the Chicago bears. He was my head coach mm-hmm. in college. And uh, he really was the first, um, he was like the first believer that was an athlete that I saw that lived out um, his faith in every aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of athletes that will like at the end of a game, will say, I want to thank God for making this touchdown or whatever. But like, I watched this guy live out being a Jesus follower and I wanted to be like that. And um, after I was injured um, there, we had a, a sit down and he basically told me that he thought God would wanted me um, for something else besides football. Like he didn't want to lose me on the team or anything, but he was like, yeah, I, you've got talent to where God can use you um, besides football. And shortly after that, I uh, got a random call from a church in Cordon, in Indiana that was looking for a worship pastor. And by a weird connection, someone had heard me sing um, in like a random concert in Lexington, Kentucky and told this church about me. So I was 19 years old. I left college and became a worship pastor in Cordon, Indiana. And now I'm 28. And with that same church, we just released The Father's Fight, which is just crazy.
0: That That is. Uh, what did your family think when you're like hey uh you know football's done uh, I'm going to leave college and I'm going to be a, a worship pastor was there any pushback for leaving college or were they in favor of it how did that uh transpire uh,
1: there are some people that really love school yeah. i am not one of those people in <laughs> i that's probably it's not even enough strongly enough to say how much i don't like being in school so i don't my mom's a school was a school teacher too so that like it killed her my whole life about mm-hmm. it was like nails on a chalkboard every time I tried to do homework, but, uh, I, it did not surprise them. I don't think that I left college, uh, to go be a worship pastor. They were very supportive. Um, so I, I think they knew I was in school to try to play football. <laughs> yeah.
0: Has there been any desire to go back over the 10 years and finish a degree or, um, I'm yeah. Sure so, now.
1: Yeah. So I, I went, um, I ended up going back to, um, I did Full Sail University, which is a, an arts school, um, arts and media school. Uh, very, very good film program, very good audio engineering program. So I um, tried to complete my degree in audio engineering um, online. I had already taken a bunch of classes at KSU in it. Um, so I made some progress on that. But then I was uh, offered the opportunity to be in a pilot group for their digital communications program as they were starting it up. And so I ended up getting my um, actual degree in digital communications from Full Sail, um, which has helped immensely, especially with um, being an online church pastor, um, learning how to communicate digitally, learning social media, and then obviously it helped with the father's fight um, yeah. because we've been able to to grow a um, substantial fan base online, so we could help spread the the word about the movie.
0: Yeah, with the uh, injuries, was there a time where? it really challenged you as far as like believing in God or uh, was it more of a, okay, I'm getting the message.
1: I think it was that. Yeah. I think it was more of like a wake up call of like, Hey, football is pretty cool, but I've got something better for you. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I don't think I would have, I don't think God's always going to make you be injured to get like the message across, but I don't think I would have heard it any other way. If that makes sense.
0: Right. The, the Bible does talk a little bit about sometimes when a sheep keeps going astray, like the shepherd will use the the rod or and the staff to kind of like cause a, a break. So the, the sheep learns to be reliant on the shepherd. And like you said, God doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily cause the injury, but maybe allows it so that it can be used. Sure. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's really cool. How God, Still use it because you connected with this coach who kind of said, "Hey, I see something better for you. I, I see something more impactful." And then in your pursuits, you still found that new path of uh, combining music and media in these different ways, which led you ultimately to be able to produce a movie, and now uh, working on a, a future one uh, in uh, through the eyes of grace. So it's really cool to always see how God is at work, even when we don't, even though we don't normally see it.
1: Yeah, or even understand it. That was, I think, the bigger thing. I, I not only could, I think I could see God working somehow because he was obviously trying to get my attention. I just didn't have a clue um, what he wanted me to do. And um, I was actually in my executive pastor's office today, and um, we had a, we were having a conversation very similar to what we we're having right now. Um, and I told him, this is probably the first time where I can kind of see a clear picture of what I feel like God wants me to do. Um, we're in a town of 3000 people in Indiana and a church of in the back end of a dead end street in the middle of nowhere. And God's somehow cultivated a ministry that uses online and and digital media and film um, to bring together, like literally we had 60 people on this project for two years. Um, And he sparked a passion within us to like really try to reach the world and, and tell people about Jesus. And this is the first time I feel like, Hey, this is what I'm really supposed to be doing.
0: Um, we we touched on a little bit with uh, uh, Through the Eyes of Grace. Um, are there any other, uh, I, I don't know, I can't remember right now if we talked about it before we went on air or if we've talked about it already, but uh, there's another screenplay you're working on, right? Uh, yeah. T- uh, can you give us any hints, any tips, or not tips, uh, but any uh, inside info on the, the next uh, screenplay? Yeah, we have not announced this at all.
1: Um, oh, okay. Okay. So- Uh, We've announced. We talked to people that we're 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 working on another first capital film. Um, But man, I I, all I can tell you is that I am super excited about it. And um, because of the success we've had so far with a father's fight, and I don't mean like success of being in theaters and stuff like that. I mean like we've seen people's lives changed and have started to disciple them after they've watched this movie, um, which is just the biggest success we could possibly ask for. Our elders are, are pretty pretty in on the idea of doing more films as a church. But one of the caveats is that we want to start telling redemption stories from people within our congregation. So the future First Capital film projects are going to be based on actual people's um, redemption arcs that God brought them through. And this first one is going to just, uh, it's, it's going to blow you away, the the story behind it. So I'm excited about it.
0: That's awesome. We're looking forward to it. Uh, uh, Delphia Roberts has uh, been watching along with us, and uh, she said, uh, I will be praying for the cast and crew of Through the Eyes of Grace. I'm excited to see uh, how the Holy Spirit is going to touch people's hearts through the film. And uh, she just uh, commented a moment ago, amazing in regards to uh, what you're saying about the church and, and being able to uh, you pull so much from what would appear to be so little, but when you're working with a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, there's nothing that a few willing servants can't accomplish.
1: We, uh, I think that we we want we want the harvest, right? Like we want mm-hmm. these big projects and big success and things like that. But we think that the way to do that is to, um, to do it on our own. But the Bible tells us that we have to ask the God of the harvest for the workers. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what happened with the father's fight. It was like, Hey, God, we want to make this big project, and we think that we can speak into an issue and challenge families to fight for each other. But we don't have any money. We don't know yeah. what we're doing at all, and none of us have any experience. And he was like, yeah, but I'm God. And right. so I'm going to bring the right people to the right place at the right time, and I'm going to use this as a new way to spread the kingdom and spread the gospel.
0: And it was really fun to watch. Uh, so, Travis, he's uh, he's from your church, right? Yeah. Um, so that's obviously where the connection was made. Uh, what about uh, Sarah? Is she there locally or is she, uh, somebody that uh, came into town
1: for the night? Um, Sarah and I, uh, so Sarah's in Canada now. Um, mm. that's where she's from. Uh, she was in Louisville for a bit and that's where we were connected first. Um, she was on a short film that I had directed several years ago mm. uh, and we hit it off really well. And whenever we were writing this film, I was like, man, Sarah Cleveland is an incredibly talented actress. Um just like she's been in she's been in a lot of projects. If you look at her IMDb, she's in a ton of projects. Just um hasn't had that chance to be the leading lady yet. And I really wanted to give her that shot. So, uh she was the second person attached. Like we went Travis and then as soon as the script was finished, I sent it over to Sarah and I said, "Here's what we're doing. Will you be a part of it?" And she didn't even read the script and just said, "Yes." Which <laughs> was crazy. <laughs> um So Sarah came from out of town um, and then John uh, this, that story is crazy beyond his baptism. uh, He, we had 93 people send in uh, audition tapes for the role of Sal, the trainer. Hmm. We ended up getting it down to like five people and ultimately went with John and we had previously cast the role before and it ended up just not being a good fit. And uh, so we circled back, re reopened the casting. John, uh, got the role. And then we found out that John is actually Travis's third cousin and they hadn't seen each other in 26 years. And Travis is actually the one that got to baptize John.
0: So wow, that's um, awesome. yeah, crazy. That's awesome. Yep. At, uh, one of the things, and uh, uh when I tell people about the film is that there's, there's a grit and a reality to it that I think a lot of Christian filmmakers are afraid to go there because they're afraid of, being appearing to endorse a behavior or to glorify something uh but uh, the lead character abo has an alcohol problem and potentially a physical physically abusive uh uh, problem and you kind of went there in a way that that showed the reality but it wasn't gratuitous in its nature so what were the discussions like as you're writing the film Uh, of how far to take it and where to draw the line to where you're not going to be gratuitous, but you're also going to be real.
1: Yeah. Part of uh, Church Anywhere is, um, uh, I'll go off on just a little side tangent and get back to your question. Part of my job, I get to create micro churches based on online content. So these are people that gather together, not in a church building, but they do church together And we sit, we resource them with like weekly sermons and worship and things like that. So they do small groups, all that stuff. But um, prior to COVID, we had five of these micro church locations meeting in prisons. Mm -hmm. Um, So every week um, I was in conversation with either inmates, chaplains, or the volunteer campus pastors of these um, institutions. And uh, if you're going to talk to an inmate about an issue like this, you can't sugarcoat it very much.
0: Right, right. Like
1: we wanted to hit these people, the target audience we were trying to reach. We wanted to hit them right where they were. So we needed some form of grit, some form of real life situations um, in order for us to get the faith message across. So that was kind of where we started with that. We had one of our elders from church as a part of the um, script revision process. So he was kind of with us each step of the the script revisions. I think we ended up having like 19 total revisions with various edits. Um, so I think the first one was maybe even a little more gritty. Um, <laughs> and I think that he helped us keep in line of like, what is the right amount to get the message across, but not to like go that um, extra mile of like glorifying the sin, if that makes sense.
0: Right, right. That's, and I think there's a, there's a fine line because I've seen in the different groups and different people have com- had conversations with, there, there's really almost two separate camps where there's like, no, you have to be, you know, the, you know, squeaky clean, perfect, uh, not a speck. You can't even hint at drugs or sex or anything. And then you have this other camp that's like, just go ahead and do it because the world is expecting it. And to to be able to toe that line where it's just real enough to not be cheesy, but also not so real that you lose the ability to witness with it. It's a very fine line and it takes devotion and prayer, I think, and devotion to honoring God with every single frame of a film.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It was a fine line to to toe. Ultimately we had to stick with what is our target audience and what Mm -hmm. do we think is going to most effectively reach them for the kingdom. And that's kind of where each decision that we would have to make of, do we cut this or do we add to it? went down to, is that going to help that target audience find apologies? Yeah.
0: For uh, Travis, was it difficult for him to play that? Did he have any life experience, not necessarily personal, but something that he n- could draw from to create Bo? Um, that,
1: that, that is the opposite totally of who Travis is as a person. He's mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your entire life. Um, so I think we kind of had to um, – we kind of had to break him sometimes on set. Like, Hey man, you gotta be a little bit meaner. Hey, I know they look scared, but they're supposed to look scared. So like look meaner, uh, that kind of thing. But man, by the end of, uh, the table reads, he went from like very timid about, um, being Bo to like, man, he was Bo. Like that was, that was who he was. And he was going to knock this out of the park. Um, so I think our, our acting director, Mark Hubbard really, really worked with him on a, um, almost weekly basis of trying to take what we wrote and make it his own to where it felt like it was a natural performance rather than someone just acting on a screen.
0: Right. And like we said earlier, the the, the 12 months of table read to really dive into these characters is, is proven to be such a gift because of how well acted it was. It doesn't look like it, it was a local church putting it together. It doesn't look like it was made for pennies compared to what other movies do. So God was clearly in it because uh, you brought your fishes and loaves and, and he multiplied it into a really good product that, I, uh, like you said, is going to speak to a lot of different audiences. It's going to speak to people who have made the mistakes that Bo made. It's also going to speak to the people who have been hurt by a Bo in their life. And they're going to realize that, there is a chance for redemption no matter where this person is in their life. And they literally, they just have to choose to, to fight it.
1: So one of the decisions that we made, um, alongside of our distribution company was a week before it made its theatrical release. We actually released it to inmates in the state of Indiana. Um, Mm -hmm. some watched it on their tablets. Some got to watch it, um, with a group of people um, like in the gymnasiums at the, at the prisons, that kind of thing really depended on how they were with the COVID at that point. Um, but we actually got to baptize uh, about 15 inmates the week before oh, wow. um, who, who basically um, had been, had been in church before they had heard all the stuff before, but they basically told us like, Hey, this was my story. Like I might not be a boxer, but I can relate a hundred percent. I can remember times where I would leave my family to go get drunk. Or I can uh, remember times that I would be driving home in the middle of the night and my wife would be not ha- knowing where I was at. And they heard the gospel for the first time in a totally different way through this film project. And um, man, our, t- our team would echo this statement. But if nobody ever saw the movie in theaters, that would have been worth it. hundred yeah. um, percent. There's a, a guy named Bubba who had been in prison since 1986. Uh-huh. Um, he, he, got, he got out in March of this year and he wrote us the day after he got out and said, hey, I watched your film um, and I want to be baptized and I want to give my life to Jesus. So a guy from our church drove two hours to go pick him up drove him back to our church on Easter and we got to baptize him in front of like a ton of people and they got to celebrate uh, Bubba. And then uh, we figured out a way for him to find a halfway house in our area. So now some of our team members are discipling him and uh, he's a testament to the power of storytelling in this, like this format that can like spread the gospel in a powerful, powerful way.
0: Yeah, that and that is so powerful that uh, um, that this movie has been able to do that to reach uh, to reach somebody. And like you said, it, it's easy to say, but when you when you go through it, to do all this for just that one, for just Bubba. If if that's all that was for, is just for Bubba to find the gospel and to find Jesus, then the investment of in time, the blood, sweat, and tears uh, w- was worth it because one celebration in heaven. I mean, so you rarely get the opportunity to really see that and to be able to see that and still pour it into Bubba. It's, it's gotta be life-changing.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean like the magnitude of that, just think for a second, like I, this guy was an inmate for 30 years, but now he is a child of God. And because of this project that me and 58 other people worked on for two years, um, and the Holy Spirit, I get to stand in heaven one day, and Bubba can be right beside of me, and we get to worship Jesus for eternity. Yeah, like that, the magnitude of that is worth way more than any dollar amount could possibly bring in, or any theatrical release, or any of that stuff.
0: So, the the comedian in me, I do improv comedy. Comedian in me is like. If he goes to heaven before you, when you get to the pearly gates, you got to go running and say, I got to find Bubba. (laughs) (laughs) I am so lame. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, Kenny Lee Robinson, uh, he's a comedian uh, based in uh, Virginia. He he says, amen. uh, Just celebrating, you know, Bubba and and the life uh, changes that you guys have seen in the prison ministry. So I want to give a shout-out to uh, Cornbread the comic. Uh, he's a funny guy. He's been on uh, on the podcast before. Um, so um, there are two segments that we wrap each interview up with, uh, and I totally uh, use poor grammar on that, so I apologize to my English teachers if they're watching. Um, but uh, we uh, wrap up with the interrogation, which is seven quick random questions that uh, otherwise wouldn't have fit in the interview. And uh, then we uh, will ask you your wise counsel. For anybody that wants to use their gifts for God's glory, and uh, before we get there, uh, one more comment from Adelphia. Uh, like Jesus, he leaves the ninety-nine for the one, and uh, he did. He used uh, a movie uh, that uh, that changed eternity and is going to have repercussions and you know ripple effect because you know Bubba's got this new life. So now Bubba's going to go out and tell people about his life-changing experience. And he's going to reach people that you couldn't have reached because of his background and his story. So, because you reached him, that ripple effect is just going to change eternity and uh, change whatever community that he touches. Yep, 100%. Um, so that and that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of using your gifts, your talents, your passions, your experiences in a way to honor God, because then He can use that and reach people that sometimes they're overlooked or forgotten about the, the literal least of these. So many people think of prisoners as the least of these, the, the, the write-offs, the cast-offs, but they're just as important to God as anybody else. Yep. hundred percent.
1: That's actually in a, Jesus gives us a list of a very few amount of people and prisoners are, are on that list um, yeah. of people that we are supposed to care for. Um, so that that made Bubba's decision and the other inmates that gave their life to Christ through this project, even, even more special.
0: Yeah. And when I've taught or spoken on that scripture where Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. He's speaking down to our language because in God's kingdom, in God's economy, there is no least. Uh, We're all his children, but he's speaking to us on the way that we think Sure. The people that we call the least of these are just as valuable or there, there is no difference in value between us and them in God's eyes. And so I, I love that passage because it's so deep. It's got so much to, to learn from and to glean from. Me too. All right. So let's move on to the interrogation. All right. So our first question is uh, what's your favorite go-to comfort food?
1: Um, probably quesadillas, chicken quesadillas. Any uh, specific
0: location or restaurant?
1: There's a local joint called Agave and Rye, and it's probably the best food I've ever had. And my wife, it, it, uh, it's only been open in our area since like February. I bet we've eaten there thirty times <laughs> since February. <laughs>
0: Very good. Very good. Well, maybe uh, this plug will make them a, a sponsor or at least uh, provide craft services for the next screenplay. Or That'd, the be next awesome. movie. That'd be awesome. Question number two What's the worst advice you've ever been given?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, one time I was told to take an alternate route through the Amish country coming back from Indianapolis to West Virginia and a snowstorm hit and I was stuck in the Amish country for nine hours. Wow.
0: No phones and, and no snowplows to come get you out. And no idea where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three, uh, where do you find your joy? Um, I love hanging out with my wife.
1: Um, I love filmmaking and uh, I, mean, I, I really, really like having conversations like this, but I also love having conversations with people uh, who don't know Jesus. So I like getting to know people that don't know Jesus and trying to, uh, like live out my faith in a way that they want to ask more about him.
0: Nice. Question number four, what keeps you up at night? It's a fun fact about me. Um,
1: I had recently bought a Fitbit mm-hmm. and I am averaging right now, 14 minutes of deep sleep per night. I sleep very, very poorly because my neck hurts like a lot all the time. And, uh, you would never know it because I'm also one of the most energetic people that you'll ever meet. So I'm like uh, the energizer bunny or something. I don't need a lot of sleep. So what keeps me up at night is just who I am.
0: So on the neck, did you ever have surgery to repair it? uh, Once you cracked it uh, in football,
1: by the time that I had found out that it had been fractured, excuse me. um, It was already healing back to the point where it that's, that's why I have issues now. It kind of just healed back in a weird way. So I've tried everything from injections and massage and uh, chiropractic and, and then uh, physical therapy, all that stuff. And some of it works. Some of it doesn't. It is what it is.
0: Yeah, Because that's not one of those things where, like, if it was an arm and it starts healing wrong, you, you break it again. You start over. You don't want to do that to any part of the spine. No,
1: especially C4, C5. That's, that's the no,
0: no-go zone. So. Yeah. <laughs> Question number uh, five. Is there something that you wish you could do over? Mm. I
1: mean, probably. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think I, I wish I could do school over. Um, I just didn't care about it at all when I was go- growing up. Um, and so I coasted by and I didn't learn anything. Uh, like I didn't try to learn things. Obviously I learned some things, but um, I did not put much effort into learning things. I wish I would have approached it more of, um, like, I want to learn stuff that I can keep with me. Um, I probably still would not have cared about the tests and things like that, but I wish I would have soaked in more information when I was in school growing up.
0: Nice. Question number six, what is a quirk or a habit that you have that your family or or your wife tease you about? (laughs) My my dad, I have have an
1: ear that's shaped differently than the other ear. And my dad has made fun of me for that since I was a little kid. Um, (laughs) And so we call it my deformed ear and my wife
0: now makes fun of me for it too. <laughs> we say God formed it that way so I could hear him more clearly. That's right. <laughs> it's an anointed ear, not a deformed ear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. The interrogation is in future projects, who is somebody that you would love to work with, whether it be an actor or a fellow uh, crew?
1: is this like anyone or like could be realistic or <laughs> are we talking about here
0: anyone like uh because you made a lot of connections going to icff and the christian film community is actually very easy to get around and meet people so it could be anybody living or dead but just just kind of throw out a name or a few names that you'd love to be able to work with all right just real
1: fast on the last question um Ty Carter, who's been commenting on here, he was our DP for a father's fight, and he just texted me because he calls me old folded ear, and so that's all he texted me was old folded. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, everybody makes fun of me for it. Um, in future projects, uh, here's my it would be my ultimate dream would somehow be on a project with Roger Deakins, um, who is the uh, cinematographer that shot all of the Coen brothers films pretty much and 1917, which is probably the greatest shot movie I've ever seen. Mm. Um, So that mean that's like never going to happen would be the dream. Uh, But I I would love to work. uh, I loved Cameron Arnett in overcomer. I thought he was probably my favorite part of that movie. Um, So, I I mean, I would love to to work with him.
0: Yeah, I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the final, final question that we always ask uh, for anyone who's looking to step up and use their gifts, uh, their talents, or passions, or their life experiences, all for God's glory, what would you say that your wise counsel would be?
1: Uh, do it. <laughs> uh, what, one of the um, let me one more side road. So our church values. This is we have three core values. We value people. We value redemption stories. And we encourage every Jesus follower to be a missionary. Mm. So, part of my job is to help people use their passion for a purpose. That's literally in my job description. So, it, gifts for glories like speaking my language. Um, I love being able to help people realize that there is a place in the kingdom for their gift set, whether that's fishing or whether that is um, being a school teacher. Or maybe it means you like to make TikTok videos. God Mm -hmm. can use that in a powerful way as long as you're focused on um, his kingdom and not your own.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, that's the purpose of what we do with Gifts for Glory with the podcast and everything is to highlight the different ways that God can use people, the different stories that God can redeem and the different talents that can be used to honor him, whether it's filmmaking or creating, whether uh, it's comedy, whether it's just doing a podcast uh, uh, where we just honor God in our conversation. Uh, there are so many different ways. And my hope is that each episode, somebody get takes something away and is like, you know, I could do that. I could do something for God using this experience or this thing. Uh, so uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Dophia Roberts is sticking with us. Uh, Cameron Arnett, definitely amazing. Uh, he and his wife are this power couple in, in Christian media uh, with a CAPS uh, Cameron Arnett uh, Production Services or production studio. Um, so yeah, Cameron is amazing. Uh, so Delphia, thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us. Uh, Tyler, thank you for your story, for your work, uh, for honoring God with uh, uh, Father's Fight. I really hope that people will find a way to see it, whether it's uh, coming to their theater or you uh, follow the Facebook page and are able to uh, connect once uh, it's available on different streaming services and platforms. Uh, So uh, Tyler, thank you uh, so much for for joining us tonight.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Definitely. Now uh, for our, uh, for our viewers and our our listeners, uh, we have a couple more shows coming up uh, uh, next week. We're already going to be hitting the month of June, June 2nd. uh, My friend, uh, Karen Alford uh, will be joining us. Uh, she'll be talking about Artistic Permanent Cosmetics, which is uh, her business down in Arkansas, uh, which uh, it, it's really phenomenal uh, helping women uh, who've had mastectomies and uh, helping them. Uh, uh, you know, I can't even tell the story, but it's it's going to be a, a great conversation. And She's really just a barrel uh, of laughs. She's amazing. And then uh, in two weeks, uh, Reverend Gary Blanchard uh, just retired as the assistant superintendent of the Illinois District Assemblies of God. Uh, He's uh, just a phenomenal preacher, phenomenal man of God, and really looking forward to sharing his story in a couple of weeks. Uh, So everyone, be sure to look for A Father's Fight. Uh, Follow them on Facebook and uh, find their website so you can stay involved and and up-to-date on where you can see it. Uh, And uh, so, uh, Tyler, again, thank you so much. Uh, God bless. And for everybody watching, everybody listening, have a great rest of your day. We'll uh, talk to you next week.